This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast with you cool cats, Hannah Hogan and Dusty Slay. Skibbity da boom ba boom. Welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm your host, and I'm coming to you live from New Jersey. That's right. I'm in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Right now, all weekend, I'm doing comedy at the Stress Factory. I have two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. I'm going to try to record this and then put this out right away. So hopefully... If you listen and you're in the area, you'll be like, man, I got to go check out that show because it is good. I'm going to be honest. I did one show last night at the Stress Factory. I love the club, love the people. People are always trash talking New Jersey. And you know what? I found that the places around the country that people always trash talk, those are the places I like the most, I think. I don't know what it is because when people tell me that a city is so great – Usually I go and I'm like, oh, this is okay. It has all the wealthy, trendy things that every great and popular city has. You know, it's like, ooh, we got, ooh, a pho place. Oh, a trendy pho place. Ooh, what is this? Uh, a, A restaurant that resembles the South with fried chicken. Oh, goodness. Right? But these cities that everybody always trashes, cities, states, I love those. I mean, like, Butte, Montana is one of the fa- my favorite places I've been all year. And I posted a video about me going on to Montana on my YouTube, and a lot of people come on there and trash Butte. They talk about what a, what a terrible place it is. And I'm like, I loved it. I think it's great. I thought, weirdly, that New Jersey was a city and a state at the same time. I always knew it was a state because they have license plates that say New Jersey on them, but I also was surprised when I saw that it said uh, my my show was in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'm like, I'm in a city within a city. But, of course, it, uh, New Jersey is a state uh, filled with cities. But the Stress Factory is a great club, and I'm having a great time there. There's still four more shows to go, so my opinion could change. But I doubt it because I really had a good time last night. Vinny Brand, who owns the club, was hosting. Really enjoyed talking to him. Great guy. Um, just met him last night, but he's brought me to his club in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, which Bridgeport, Connecticut, I think is changing, but uh, was not as big a fan as that city. Very nice club, but uh, I, I, I am open to having my mind changed about the city. But my first impression was that it was a bit scary. Scary because, you know, a city where the streets are empty freak me out. It reminds me of like a Batman movie, like Goth, like the old Batman where where uh, uh, whoever that guy was. Who's the guy that does all the creepy movies? Tim Burton. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I'm enjoying myself here. It's been two weeks since I've done a podcast, and I apologize about that. Uh, part of it is just, you know, a bit of laziness, a bit of tiredness. I've been all over the place. But also, I moved. I bought a house. Me and Hannah bought a house, and I have moved there now. So all this week, the early part of this week, I was moving. 
and and I still have stuff to get done at home. But I, I moved, and then I had a show on Wednesday at Zany's, which was a great show. Uh, loved it. Rena Calm came. Uh, Davey Wester, Connor Larson did the show. Really great. Um, I had a, a packed lineup, and I was worried that um, that it that it wasn't going to be a good show because I had too many people on there. And then people had to drop off for various reasons. And it really opened us up to to allow the other comics to be able to do some time because that's my real conundrum with the show that I book is that, A, I want a headline. I want to do 45 minutes to an hour on the show because I like doing comedy and I like doing comedy at Zany's. So I want to do that length of time. But also, I want the comics that do the show to be able to do a, a, a good bit of time. And I also want to book everybody that's my friend. So that's the real conundrum is I just don't have enough time. But I thought it really worked out great. I enjoyed it. I think I may switch it up. I got some I got some plans how I want to run that now. I may do a guest host every time. I don't know. We'll see. And... Um, Lots happened, bought a house, been through that whole process, uh, moved out of my apartment. An apartment that I really enjoyed. I liked living there. I didn't want to necessarily leave, but I I did want to get into a house. You know, I lived in an apartment building with an elevator, and the inside felt a bit like a hotel. So when I'm gone, I spend my life in a hotel, and then when I'm home, I'm in a hotel-like setting. So I needed to get to a house where I had some I had a yard and I have I don't have a giant yard but I got a bit of a yard. I got a neighborhood. Day 1 of moving in, I'm standing in the garage and these kids come up, these three little kids. They're saying, "Did you buy this house?" And I said, "Yes." And they were like, "Our friend Owen used to live here." And I'm like, "Well, I'm sorry that he moved, but they were very nice, these kids. And um, and then these uh, older couple from across the street came over and met me and shook my hand. And then the next day, me and Hannah are moving boxes inside, and a neighbor from two houses up comes down, shakes our hand, meets us. And then another couple is walking around out there, and we talk to them for a while. It's amazing. I love the friendliness of this. And, you know, because in my own apartment – I was walking down the hallway, long distance, down this hallway, and another guy is walking down the hallway too, and we're walking for a long time in each other's direction, and when we get past each other, you know, we get to where we're meeting in the hallway, the guy doesn't even make eye contact with me, and I'm like, wow, I don't expect the guy to stop and go, well, how's everything going, buddy, but... No eye contact, no little wave, no little how you doing. That's what the South is great about, and, and not that this apartment's not in the South, but that's what's great about small town South, right? Is it's like, this is this is a conversation in the South. How you doing? Good, you? That's two people talking. That's two people saying, how are you? The other people saying, I'm really good. What about you? And that's it. How you doing? Good, you? That's it. That's the whole conversation. It doesn't mean anything, but it's a general politeness. And people really trash small talk to the point of where people don't even want to talk to each other now. And also, I want to talk about this thing, this OK Boomer thing that's going around. 
Oh, man. Is there a more disrespectful thing? Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe that it's happening. I mean, you know, older people throughout my life have annoyed me for various reasons. You know, when I was a, a, a punk kid, you know, I didn't want nobody telling me what to do. And, and you know, I always had a difficult relationship with with old people just because, you know, uh, most of my grandparents died when I was very young or when I or before I was born. And my one grandmother, I don't mean to trash her. This is the Afghan boob story, uh, grandmother. And she was not a mean woman necessarily. She just was not super polite. Do you know what I mean? Like she was very friendly to people in her church and stuff like that. But uh, with her own family, she just did not spare a lot of courtesy. Um, so I always had kind of a difficult relationship with the elderly. But as the older I get, the more I respect them. And my parents would be baby baby boomers. And I just am blown away by this whole – I think they're baby boomers. I don't really know it. But this okay boomer thing, when an older person says something to you and you're like, okay, boomer – Wow, I've never seen something so disrespectful in all my life. And also, uh, there was like boomer advice that was going around on Twitter. And I was seeing advice like, uh, my parents used to tell me, work hard at your job and they'll take notice and move you up. And then they hashtag boomer advice, like saying that that's bad advice. Um, it's not bad advice. If you're If you're listening to me, uh, I'm a millennial. I'm the oldest of the millennials. I was, uh, I was the, I'm the first generation millennial. Okay, so I'm not some boomer out here. But if you work hard at things, you're gonna get, you're gonna achieve, achieve things. I mean, this, this idea that oh, I worked hard and no one noticed, so it, it didn't matter. Right? It does matter. I worked hard at a job for a long time, and I, I didn't get any respect at that job. Uh, but but that taught me so much. Even working as a sales rep for a pesticide company taught me so much about the comedy business. It just taught me things about business and how to deal with people. And it, it, it teaches you how to deal with adversity, right? If you're, if you're working hard somewhere and you're not getting the respect that you, you, you feel like you deserve, then you're at least learning to deal with those type of situations because – those situations are going to arise no matter what business you're in. I mean, I got into the comedy business, and that is what I want to do. I love comedy. I love performing at clubs. I love traveling. I love, you know, I don't care about seeing things half the time. Half the time, I just sit in my hotel room. But I love experiencing the people that each city has to offer. That's what I like about New Jersey. They have unique accents. They've, they, they have a uniqueness about them that I feel like we're missing now in our country. Our country has become this one like melded kind of accent and everybody wants to be exactly the same. And I'm like, differences are amazing. I think that we should always celebrate our differences because because we aren't all the same. Deep down in our cores, of course, we're all people, we're all human beings, but we're not all the same. Our differences should be celebrated because that's what makes things fun. If you, you know, nowadays you drive somewhere and you pull off at the exit, you see all the same restaurants. There's a O'Charlie's and an Outback and there's a Target, a Walmart, a, a Lowe's, a Home Depot. It's like 
those things, to some degree, bring me a little comfort because I know what I'm going to get in there. I ate at the Outback the other night. Delicious. I ate there with my wife at, in our new neighborhood. We had uh, a steak, a blooming onion, and it was wonderful. But there is something about having a unique type place, and so being unique is great. I mean, that's what I love uh, about Alabama, where I'm from. I mean, people in Alabama, they stay true to themselves. They're not trying to be someone that they're not. And I love it. I love it. I mean, I went to Montana. Montana almost has a Canadian accent. I was blown away by it. And I just, you know, so it's like this idea that, oh, my parents gave me advice and it was so bad. Oh, my parents are so stupid. I'm not saying that everything from the baby boomer generation is genius. Of course not. But who is, right? I mean, who has everything figured out? No one. And uh, I don't know. I just, it just kills me. Like, I, I'm not trying to preach to people, but I'm like, just like, it's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. And I just think it's a bad look for the upcoming generations to just tra- like just trash the generation before you. I mean, I don't know. It just, I mean, my parents would be in that age and I've definitely had disagreements and arguments with my parents and I've complained about my dad and my mom and I just, oh, but not publicly. Do you know what I mean? Not trashing their whole generation and my the older I get the more I realize that the advice that my parents did give me is actually great advice I mean my dad used to you know want me to hold the light while he fixed things and yelled at me uh, and I always thought this is ridiculous but now I know how to fix a bunch of things my mom used to want me to help her fix things and now I know how to fix things it's amazing it's amazing what you can learn from people just by paying attention and that just because advice failed you doesn't necessarily mean it's bad advice. That makes sense. I don't know what this podcast is turning into. I, I don't know what the podcast is turning into. Uh, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of free talking here uh, because I just see there's just so much out there that annoys me. And, and I don't think that it even is necessarily the younger generation that I think everybody's being manipulated by social media. They have no place where their core principles and values are coming from. And then so they're like, we don't have any values. We don't have any principles. We don't have a belief system. So they're just, they're just a blank slate. And so then they go on to social media and social media manipulates their values and their beliefs and tells them who they are and what they should believe. I mean, people believe a new thing every day now. And I just think you got to have a place where your core values are coming from. There's an old country song. I think it's Aaron Tippin. And he said, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You got to be your own man, not a puppet on a string. Never compromise what's right and uphold your family name. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I mean, so true. Like, and if you don't know where you stand, then, well, you're, you're just, you just, you just flow with the breeze. Whatever. I'm here today. I'm here tomorrow. And it's like, you know, and I support everyone. I, I support everyone. I, I want everyone to have freedom 
and rights and respect. But sometimes the way people push things now, it's like, you know, it's almost like a push so far. Uh, you want someone else to be respected so much that it's at the cost of someone else's freedom. You know what I mean? I mean, freedom is for everything. And, you know, we got to be open to criticism. You know, um, I don't want to be criticized. I don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't like people talking bad about me. But inevitably, it's going to happen. I mean, I, there's been idiots out there throughout my life that have not liked me. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. I mean, I think they're idiots. But you know what? They think I'm an idiot. And that's fine. It's fine to not like someone, but don't, there's no need to uh, trash them. You know what I mean? But the world's crazy. Speaking of crazy, I was watching, I didn't get to watch the game last night because I was doing an amazing comedy show at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. But I came home and I was watching a little NFL and I like the Browns. Cleveland is another city that everybody was trashing to me for so long. And then I went to Cleveland, and I was like, oh, this is a blast. I love Cleveland. The comedy club there, Hilarities, I love that club. I love that city. Uh, It's awesome. And I can't wait to go back. I am going back next year, and I can't wait. The people there are amazing. The crowds, they get my jokes. They love it. I love Ohio in general. Ohio's always been getting trashed, but... I was, I was in Toledo a couple of weeks ago. I loved it. And I'm going to Dayton in the first week of January. I can't wait to go back to Dayton. I've done Cincinnati. Go Bananas. I love it. And so I love these places. But uh, but I'm a, I'm a Cleveland Browns supporter. I don't really have an NFL team that I like necessarily, but I love the story with the Browns. I mean, I started cheering for the Browns when Johnny Manziel got drafted there, uh, and then that went south. I was a big fan of Johnny football. Man, I love to watch him play in college. I'm an Alabama fan, and he laid it on Alabama, and it was pretty amazing. But then that went south, and then, you know, several people went there. Even RG3 went there for a little while. But then Baker Mayfield goes there, and I'm excited about it. I like seeing what's happening. Their record hasn't been great this year, but they're still an exciting team to watch. And they're playing the Steelers, and I guess that's a rivalry. I always hear about that. There's some rivalry between every team, I guess. And at the end of the game, this guy, Garrett, I think is his last name. I don't know all their names. And I don't know what happened throughout the game. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. I mean, he sacks the quarterback and then rips his helmet off and then hits him in the head with the helmet. And then people were like, should he be suspended for some games? I think the guy should be fired from football. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I got no beef with that guy, uh, but... Throwing punches is one thing. I'm all about a fight. Let's have a fight break out on the field every game. I'm all about it. But you're going to take off a guy's helmet and then hit him in the head with his own helmet? I mean, that's assault. Like, you're trying to kill the guy. Had he hit him with the top of the helmet as opposed to the side, he could have killed the guy. 
And they're like, should we suspend him? Like, how about arrest him? And then the other guy from the the Steel, uh, Browns or, or Steelers tackles the guy and then starts punching him and then kicks him. I think that's totally fine. I, I don't see a problem with that at all. And for one, because the guy was punching him in his face mask and helmet and then he kicked his helmet, right? I got no problem with that. If you're going to go around hitting people with helmets, you deserve to get kicked a little bit. And again, I got no beef with this guy, but dang. You're trying to hit somebody with a football helmet? Come on, dude. And I don't know. I don't know what was said. But lately, we've been really been um, taking um, words as equal to actions, right? And it's crazy. I saw a thing that's like at a Popeye's chicken. I don't know the whole story. But it like, seemed like an elderly woman got into an argument with some people inside of Popeye's. I'm sure if you work at Popeye's, people are rude to you all the time, and that's unfortunate. But the lady is leaving, and a guy runs out, grabs her from behind in the parking lot, picks her up, and slams her onto the ground. Apparently, the lady had nine broken bones. That's insane. And it barely got any coverage. I was really surprised. I saw it on Twitter, but I was, uh, I just, uh, I can't believe it. Unbelievable. And, uh, but we're, you know, we'll say, well, we don't know what he said. You know, we don't know what was said. And it's like, you know, people say things, and it's terrible, and I hate it. I mean, and, and, and you know, but you, you can't equate words to physical violence, in my opinion. But uh, this podcast is off the rails. Let's talk about some places I've been. I went to Toledo, Ohio, and I did the Funny Bone. And, uh, and wow, that was great. It's my second time being there, and I haven't been there since 2015. Same staff that was there when I was there the last time. And I just think they're so great. I really enjoy them. Uh, the audiences in Toledo are amazing. This is what I like about it because Toledo is another city. I already said this already, but I told someone, I told a couple of people, they're like, where are you going this weekend? I'm like, Toledo, Ohio. And they're like, oh, okay, well, have fun, I guess. And I get it, but I do have fun there because it's regular people, right? It's not people trying to be something that they're not. And they came out. I had one show where there was this drunk girl in the audience, and she just would go. She was going on and on and on the whole show. She kept interrupting me. She kept talking. But I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. And then a couple of other people got into it. I, but, you know, but it's so fun. There were people that came, uh, f- drove hours to come see me at, at the Toledo Funny Bone, and I was so honored by it. And it was so great. And it just, all kinds of people from all walks of life are at the show, and and I just I really been enjoying it. I mean, all kinds of people. Um, it, it's meant a lot that they like my comedy. I'm talking all races, all backgrounds. Uh, people are just it really into my comedy, and it means a lot to me to know that I'm crossing these boundaries. Uh, young, old, um, and. I, I, it just blows me away that uh, so many people are relating to you know trailer park jokes and goodwill jokes and jokes about getting a fly in a car. You know it's it's amazing. Uh, 
And um, I just, uh, I love it. Uh, Last week, I went out to Arizona, carefree Arizona, to a resort called the Boulders Resort. And I did a corporate gig. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I I went into a room and I did um, comedy for about 50 people in a small room. And it was a blast. I did an hour. And then I flew to Nashville, and then I did two shows for the Grand Old Opry at the Ryman. My first time ever performing at the Ryman. I did two shows. And sold out. On the show uh, was Ricky Skaggs. And... um, uh, the son of Hank Williams Jr., the grandson of Hank Williams, Sam Williams, was there. Uh, I'm such a big Hank Williams Jr. fan. Uh, you have no idea how hard it was for me to work with the son of Hank Williams Jr. and not ask him a million questions about Hank Jr. But that's what everyone was doing to him. So I was like, you know what? Let's not do that to him. Let's not be that guy. But it was hard. I wanted to be that guy. And then also I worked with John Conley again. Uh, And, you know, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you know how much I love John Conley. Now, the last podcast I did, I played a bit of a clip from the song, She Can't Say That Anymore. And my friend Brian Bates listened to the song last night and messaged me and asked, he said, What happens at the end of that song? Does the husband kill her at the end of that song? And so I listened to it, and it's not real clear, but it kind of sounds like maybe he could have killed her at the end of that song, and we don't know. So that's a little debate going on right now. I say he didn't kill her, uh, but Brian thinks that he did. So the next time I'm at the Opry, if John Conley's there, I'm going to ask him if he thinks – She gets killed at the end of the song. Meantime, I want people to go and listen to the song, She Can't Say That Anymore by John Conley, and weigh in. Tell us, does he kill her or does he not kill her? Go on to, I don't know, I'll try to put something on Instagram, and you tell me what you think. We'll get a thing going. I'll do it on Twitter and on Instagram, at Dusty Slay. Let's figure this out. Does he kill her at the end of the song? Because the original song is off the album Friday Night Blues. Now, Friday Night Blues is about a married couple, and the guy works all day, and apparently the woman doesn't work. So on Friday, the guy has been working all week, and he wants to go home, kick off his shoes, and rest. And the woman, who's been stuck at home all day, is like, I want to go out. It's Friday night. Let's party. So they're caught in this place where he's like, I'm tired. And she's like, well, I'm tired of being at home. So she's got the Friday night blues, right? So she's like, I want to go out. And and then so two songs later, you have She Can't Say That Anymore, where the woman is out cheating on the husband. And... I don't know. So I'd like to know. What do you think? Is is are they are they killing each other? Uh, let's talk about some other shows I did. I did a corporate event in Nashville on Saturday, and uh, Heather McDonald. I did it at the city city winery. I did a corporate event, and um, 
Heather McDonald was also doing at the City Winery, and I had opened for Heather McDonald in Phoenix. And she asked me about opening for her in Nashville, and I was like, oh, I'll be in Nashville, but I have a gig. So I couldn't do it. I didn't realize we were in the same room. I would have tried to work that out. But I saw her from – I was in a balcony, and she was downstairs, and I yelled at her. I said, hey, Heather, it's me, Dusty Slay. And she acted like she didn't know me, and uh, that's a real shame. Maybe I shouldn't have yelled at her from the balcony. I'm not mad at her, but I thought, well, that's weird. It would have been nice if she had a – Acted like she knew me, but I probably shouldn't have tried to big time people and act like I know celebrities, you know. But the corporate event was great. This was there was about a hundred people in there, and it was one of those shows where I went out. Everybody, it's a bit of an older crowd. I mean, there's some younger people in there too, but on average, I would say people were a bit older. And an investment firm. I think both of the corporate gigs I did last week were some type of investment firms, and whatever that means. And they were dressed super nice. And so I go out at the beginning and there's people like they had handed them cards to fill out or something. So I take the stage and people are still writing in those cards. And I start doing comedy and and people are just looking at me. And I'm like, how many people knew there was going to be comedy here? (laughs) And uh, and it was a struggle in the beginning, but... I did an hour, and I won them over, and then it was a just an amazing show. Like I had a really fun time. I won them over. I got them on board. I pulled them into what I was doing. When I'm doing an older crowd, I always remember years ago, I did comedy at my dad's high school reunion. Now, my dad is in his 70s, and it wasn't just his uh class it was it was a they had an old school the school is closed so the reunion is anybody who ever graduated or went to that school so there were like some 90 year old people in there and one guy went wheeling by me in a wheelchair after my show and he said this to me he said i had to learn to listen to you but once i understood what you were doing you were really funny Right. So not every, there's probably no 90 year old people at this corporate show, but that's what I think about with older people, especially people that don't normally go to comedy shows. They have to get into my rhythm. They have to understand what I'm doing. And then once they do, they love it. I had a older man at, uh, in Toledo who came up to me and he said, uh, a lot of the stuff you said went over my head because you're so smooth. And this was an older black man. So for an older black man to tell me that I was smooth, uh, I was uh, very excited about it. Uh, another reason why I love Toledo. And let's see, where was I at before then? Because I did something. I feel like there's a couple of weeks that I've missed here where I didn't. Uh, let's see, what was that? All right. And then there was uh, oh Wyoming. I don't know if I've done a podcast even since Wyoming, so forgive me if I talk about something that I haven't already talked about, but uh, I went to Wyoming. I, I I flew out to LA. I did a game show. I feel like I have talked about this. I did a game show that I can't talk about that I went to. I did already talk about this, so let's skip that because if I didn't, remind me, and then, but that would have been one, two, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to talk about it because I had a great time there. I was in Wyoming and um, 
I, I went out to LA and then I flew into Utah and then I drove into Wyoming and I did a show for the Special Olympics. And there was someone and it was great. It was really great. I loved Wyoming. I loved the people there as well. I do feel like I've talked about this already and I, I, I hate to just but I just want to talk about this. There were some special needs people in the audience and I didn't realize that because the audience was very dark. And um I was up on stage and I was telling jokes and, and there was one real prominent clap. And I was like, well, that's nice. I really appreciate the clap. But a lot of times they would clap during setups or clap before the big punchline. And they would just clap and clap and clap. And I was like, so I start making jokes and I'm like, all right. You know, I was like, hey, I appreciate those claps. You know, I appreciate the claps. And then and then they would just kept doing I go, you know, maybe I do appreciate the claps, so maybe do three claps, go clap, 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 and then stop. Like don't maybe don't clap the whole time. You know, let me get the whole joke out. And then they, you know, it kinda kinda went away. I wasn't mean about it at all. I was trying to be very fun with it, but I was also trying to say, let's not clap quite so much because you're stepping on my punchlines. And then later I start talking about the cracker barrel. Now I have I have several things to talk about here with the cracker barrel, but I have a joke right now where I begin to talk about the gift shop that's in Cracker Barrel. I say, I don't know why it's in there. I say, uh, you know, you got a Cracker Barrel, you got a little gift shop in there. I guess so you can remember your time uh, eating at the Cracker Barrel. I don't know. And uh, the, the, the girl who had been clapping goes, I like gift shops, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, I like a gift shop. I mean, I'm not mad that the Cracker Barrel has a gift shop, but I'm just saying I don't understand why they have it. And... And then after it occurred to me at some point during the show, I thought, this girl could be special needs, and I don't want to make her feel bad. I want her to have a good time. And so I, luckily, she didn't clap a bunch more. And then after the show, I asked, and sure enough, she was special needs. And, and they say she claps at every every show they have. She's a clapper. But I, um, I loved it. I loved that she was there. I loved that she was having a good time, like I say. Just like I've said earlier in this podcast, I want to entertain everyone. I want everyone that comes to my show to be happy, to be happy that they made the choice to come there. And I never want to make people feel bad. So I'm glad she clapped. I was excited about it. I um, Also, my Cracker Barrel joke, I say this. I say, I wonder if anybody ever just goes to the Cracker Barrel to buy things. Like they don't eat there. They just go to the store. They're like, I got to go down to Walmart. But before I go down there and fight those crowds, maybe I'll stop off at the Cracker Barrel, see what they got. See if they got what I need. Because all I need is a rocking chair, an oversized checkerboard, and a Ricky Skaggs CD, right? Now, I've changed it from Ricky Skaggs to Kenny Rogers because I think more people know Kenny Rogers than Ricky Skaggs. But I worked with Ricky Skaggs at the Grand Old Opry, and I told him about that joke. I didn't do the joke for him, but I told it to him. Uh, I don't know that he cared for it, but... I did get to talk to Ricky Skaggs a bit at the Opry this last time, and that was very fun. Um, and he um, – I love doing the Opry. I love just being associated with it and being in there and hanging out. There's a, there's a guy named Mike Snyder. He plays banjo, uh, but he also does jokes, and he was crushing. I was like, oh, man, I got to follow this guy. Luckily, I, we weren't back-to-back, but um, – just so funny. The Opry is so great. Everybody that works there is great. The performances are great. I mean, it's just a fun environment. I, I love being there. I love being in Nashville. Uh, 
Amazing. I did buy a Ricky Skag CD at Cracker Barrel one time, and it's a great CD. Uh, I don't know if you ever uh, heard the song Heartbroke. It's fun. He has the and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. I know somebody else sings that song, but Ricky Skaggs does a great version of it. And then uh, Country Boy. I may look like a city slicker shining up through my shoes. I love that song. Underneath, I'm just a cotton picker picking out a mess of blues. I love it. The weird thing about doing a podcast in a hotel room is I feel like I'm just in here talking to myself, but then I'm going to broadcast this out for the world to see. The world or just a few people that download the podcast. I'm very happy. I'm having a great time. I'm very happy. I don't mean for any of that stuff at the beginning of my podcast to seem as though I'm upset about anything. I'm just I'm just talking. These are things that have been on my mind, and these are things that I'm just talking about. I did hear a thing about the Cracker Barrel as well where someone told me – now, I, I knew some people that worked at the Cracker Barrel, and they said they used to cry a lot in there. These were you know women, but they said they used to cry a lot in there working because – it's a hard place to work. And someone told me, I did a podcast uh, with um, Rich Redman, and uh, he told I was told on that podcast that Cracker Barrel is one of the hardest restaurants to work in and that if you can make it working in the Cracker Barrel, you can make it anywhere. And I was like, well, the Cracker Barrel is like the New York City of restaurants. And that joke did pretty well when I did it in Nashville on Wednesday, but I did it last night in New Jersey, and it did not go well. I mean, no one booed. They didn't get up and leave, but they weren't into it. They didn't think it was that funny. Um, so I'm just going to talk about a, a few things here. Uh, these are some jokes that I that I want to work on, that I want to become jokes, uh, or, or just stories. I'm just going to talk for a bit. Uh, when I stay in a hotel, I always like to put the do not disturb sign on the door because I don't want people in here. I don't not trust maids, uh, you know what I mean? I like, I, but it's just like a general mistrust of people. It's not that I'm like, oh, maids are going to steal stuff. No, but it's like people steal things. And I don't know. I mean, this person could be fed up. They could be on a two-week notice in here. I don't know. But I always put the do not disturb on. And also, sometimes I'm trying to nap in here, you know? And uh, But a couple of hotels I've stayed at, they will knock on the door. Or they won't knock on the door because I have the do not disturb sign on, but they'll call <laughs> and they'll go, do you need anything? I'm like, the sign didn't say don't knock. It said don't disturb. You calling me is worse than knocking because if you knock, I can go, oh, I'm fine, and then they'll leave. But if they call, they're like, uh, can we get you anything? Any towels, any soap? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Uh, what about pillows? What about uh, sheets? Uh, no, I'm fine. What about water, shampoo? I don't need anything. I'm fine. I um, I had a calculator watch when I was in school, and I used to try to cheat on my math test with the calculator watch. It was so hard to cheat. It would have been easier to just learn math. I mean, trying to cheat with a calculator watch while also not getting caught. And what could you even do with a calculator watch? Add, subtract? That's not hard. That was not the problem that I had in um in school the problem that i had with math was when we started adding like that whatever that little half square above the number is where it's like a little check mark i don't even know what that's called anymore but it would be like a number and then like the little check mark half rectangle and then some other numbers on side inside of it and then sometimes they put numbers on top and you got to figure that out like the square root that's what it is 
I'm like, I got no use for the learning of the square roots. Like, no thank you. And but a calculator watch you couldn't do that. I remember that big calculator, uh, big calculator, the Texas Instruments calculator. I was like, geez. You me tell you what I was able to do. I was able to do a math problem joke that when you held the calculator and turned it upside down, it said boobless. That's what I knew how to do with a calculator, boobless. I didn't know how to do anything else, and I bought one of those. My mom had to get me that, and I don't think I ever used it really. Um, I like milk. Growing up, I used to drink a lot of milk. I was always drinking milk. But throughout the year, uh, lately, I mean, people have been really, last few years, they've really been grossing me out about milk. I've heard gross things about it. Uh, our cows are being fed all these hormones, and then, you know, people will say, well, humans are the only animals in the animal kingdom that drinks another animal's milk. And I'm like, well, I, I don't agree that humans are animals, first off. But also, humans do a lot of other things that other animals don't do. You know what I mean? Like, i never seen a cow drive a car. You know what I mean? So maybe some of these other cows, just, some of these other animals should start drinking milk and then they would pick it up. But I've quit drinking milk because I think it's gross now. Um, I had some raw milk. I do like raw milk, but people will freak out if they hear you're drinking raw milk. In South Carolina, they used to sell it. It was legal to sell it. I've bought it at a, a farmer's market from uh, Mennonites. They say sell it for pet use only. I think it's great. It's delicious. This good home home raised cows. You know what's going on with them. They milk the cow. They give it to you. Delicious. But what I drink now, since I'm so freaked out by milk, is I drink almond milk. I drink milk from a thing that can't be milked. And I'm told that they they like soak these nuts, these almonds. I love almond milk though. They soak it in there and like they uh, let it drip into a container so that's somehow less gross than milking a cow and drinking that but i love almonds right now i have almond butter i think i found out what my my problem was with my face i had well many problems but i had a lot of breakouts for a long time and and i think it's peanuts i think that i have a peanut allergy it doesn't make my neck swell up i don't die from it it's not deathly but I noticed I ate like a whole jar of peanut butter the other day and my face broke out. And my sister told me that maybe it's peanuts and I stopped eating peanuts and my face looks great. I mean, it's not broke out. I don't know if it looks great, but it's not I don't have breakouts on it. So that's not a joke. I'm just telling you a thing there. Um let's see. Oh I used to I used to cheat all the time in school, right? I don't mean cheat, like, but I would copy off people's papers. I guess that's cheating, but they would know that I was copying off. And I think that's a skill in itself. I mean, we're in school to learn, and maybe the things we're not, maybe the things we're in there to learn are not necessarily what the teachers are te- teaching. I was learning people skills and, and building friends and relationships, right? I, I made friends with people. And they didn't mind me copying their paper. They, they felt like they were doing me a service. And uh, I enjoy that, right? So that was a skill that I learned. And I would make friends with people. And they would let me copy their paper. I, uh, a girl named Lakeisha helped me get through fifth grade math. I'll just tell you that. 
and uh, two girls in 11th grade, two girls named, maybe it was 12th grade, I don't know what year it was, but I was driving, I know that. Uh, two girl, one girl named Haley and another girl named uh, Katie. They were freshmen and very nice girls, and they let me copy off their papers in Spanish class. I took Spanish, and my teacher was a teacher named Miss Curry. And Miss Curry I liked, but she was pregnant when we started the class. So about halfway through the year, she took maternity leave, and she was gone for the rest of the, the year. And we got a substitute teacher, and she was fine, but she let me copy. Katie and Haley let me copy their paper every single day. They were very smart, and we were nice. We were friends. They let me copy every single day. The teacher knew it was happening. The teacher would watch it happen and laugh about it. It was a great time. She was a substitute. I was a, you know, I was a slacker. Everybody was having a good time. I had a, I had a perfect score in the class because Haley and Katie were very smart. And exam time came final exam time came i went in very confident because i knew i would be copying a paper it's multiple choice and the teacher would not let me sit beside katie or haley looking back i think that had i bided my time in there i might have could have made something happen um but i just said and then i got the test it was multiple choice but it was all in spanish the entire test was in spanish and i didn't know a single word it was a scantron so i that test probably was supposed to take about an hour i was done in about 30 seconds however long it took me to run down that scantron and fill that out and i was out of there man i left and i left school and i filled that test really bad So bad that it brought my perfect score down to a D. So I almost failed the class. But even more miraculous is that I passed a class learning a foreign language without knowing any word in that foreign language. The only words I know in Spanish are unos, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. And the reason I know that is because of a song... uh, Pretty fly for a white guy. Remember that? Unos, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. You remember that? I don't know why he says cinco twice, but um, that's all I know. I mean, I know words like gracias, and uh, but I, I, I think that means thank you. Um, you know, I know a few words here and there, but blanco, I think that means white. Um, rojo, that means chicken or red. I don't know. Um, I wish I knew Spanish. I really do. I know a lot. I know a lot of Hispanic Mexican people, and you know, I know some some people. You know that you know that are older that came from Mexico that don't know good English, but they know great Spanish. They know more English than I know Spanish, and I like them a lot. But I feel like our relationship is hindered by the fact that we have a communication barrier, a language barrier. And I wish that I did know a bit of Spanish, but I don't, and it's too late for me. This is what I'm saying. I was cheating in my English class, my native language, while trying to also take a foreign language class. That just doesn't add up. So that's happening. Uh, Let's see. I used to – these are just – you know, I'm just running through thoughts here at the end because I'm just – these are jokes that – 
that I'm trying to work on. I mean, they're actual stories, but they're jokes. That I, I'd like them to be jokes. Um, I was always last pick in basketball. Virtually every sport, I was always last pick. And with good reason. I mean, I wasn't very good at sports. I, I wasn't terrible at them, but I wasn't very good. I mean, if I, we were doing backyard football at my, my own trailer park, you know, I'd get picked earlier than last. But but there was only like four or five kids. We really didn't even do captains. We would just say, you're a team, you're a team. But when there was captains involved, I was usually picked last. Uh, you know, I went to, um, like when I was in PE in school, I mean, you know, the majority of the, you know, kids in my PE class were black kids, and they're better at sports than me. So they should have got picked first, right? They're more athletic. They're stronger. They're faster. Um, you know, I'm just mouthy. So I would get picked last, and then I would purposely be bad so that, you know, I wouldn't embarrass myself by trying. You know you know how people do that? They, they, they're afraid to look bad trying, so they don't even try. That's what I would do. And But one time, I went across the street into this other neighborhood where no one knew me. And even by looking at me, I was still picked last. For basketball. But on this day, I had the greatest basketball day of my life. I mean, I was doing layups and three-pointers. I mean, I was smashing it out there. It was great. I mean, they did everything but hoist me above their shoulders and, and, and walk me around the neighborhood. I mean, I was king of the neighborhood. So the next day, I went back because I was like, I'm feeling this vibe of this neighborhood. So I went back, and that day, I was first pick. The captain said, I want this guy. That day was the worst performance of basketball I ever had. And uh, I was back to last pick, and I never went back to that neighborhood. Because you know what? What do those people know about basketball anyway? You ever see a shopping cart outside of a store? Is there really anything uh, sadder than a shopping cart? Like, not not in the parking lot, but like out on a street. I see a shopping cart, I'm like, oh, something's gone down out here. <laughs> Why does everybody have monster energy stickers everywhere? What's going on with that? You ever seen the lady? There's a video of a lady talking about how the monster energy logo is the Hebrew um, letter for nine or for six so the monster symbol is the is the three uh claws is six 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 you ever see that uh i don't know if that's true or not doesn't make any difference but it's weird that everybody has monster energy stickers everywhere i've seen people with monster energy tattoos like that's just weird. I don't. I don't get it. Like you don't see a lot of Red Bull stickers out there. You don't see a lot of people with coffee stickers. But man, people love those Monster Energy stickers and Yetis. But I get it with the Yeti. The Yeti cooler. They just want people to know that they got the kind of money to buy a Yeti cooler. I've always. I want some Yeti stuff, but it's too much. Like if you got a Yeti cooler. That that has keeps ice cold for that long. Like if you still have ice the next day after your party, that just means your party didn't go well. You know what I mean? 
So, well, I think that's about it. I'm going to wrap this up. I've had a great time. Please go listen to that John Conley song, She Can't Say That Anymore. Uh, If you haven't reviewed the podcast, go review it. I need people to listen to it to motivate me. Um, share it with your friends. Tell people about the podcast. It's uh, it's a great time. I'm I'm in the house now. I got some space. Eventually, I will get to a place where um, I am doing a video podcast in some form or another. We will transform this into something. Uh, actually, just keeping the discipline. This goes back to something I said way earlier. I mean, keeping myself disciplined to doing this podcast is eventually going to help me. Uh, when my podcast does go to the next level. Uh, inevitably, it will go to the next level, whether it's the We're Having a Good Time podcast or by a different name. Because sticking with something, forcing yourself to do it and practice and get better is what's going to make you better at anything. That's what's going to make you better at comedy. Um, that's what's going to make you better in all things uh, is um, practice makes perfect, as they say. And I've also heard that uh, perfect practice makes perfect, right? So you have to practice. You have to dress for the job you want, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like I'm learning to podcast, and it's a it's a process. I mean, I've never, you know, up until doing this podcast, I've never done something like this. So I'm learning to podcast, and I appreciate you guys being on this journey with me. I appreciate the people that do listen to the podcast. I'm not saying the views are low. I, the The views are still surprisingly high for what I, I expected. I mean, I expected 25 people to listen to this and, and, and 12 of those being my family. Uh, but, you know, I'm not catching Joe Rogan numbers. My nephew asked me, he goes, oh, you do a podcast? He's like, like Joe Rogan? I was like, well... I'm talking into a microphone and recording it and putting it on the internet like Joe Rogan, but that's about it. Um, but I do have exciting things coming up. I mean, my friend, I sent David Spade a hat, and my friend uh, Milton tells me that he watches that show a lot, which is a fantastic show. He said he watches that show a lot, and he sees some of the backstage stuff. David Spade will be wearing my hat. So be on the lookout for that if you watch that. And... um yeah, catch me tonight and tomorrow in New Jersey. Next week, let's see, where will I be next week? Oh, I'll be in Nebraska. I'm doing a show in Fall City, Nebraska. And then after Thanksgiving, I'm going to be in Las Vegas. And then after that, I'm going to do uh, in December. It uh, looks like I may be going back on the David Spade show. I don't know if that's officially confirmed or not, but I will be back on the David Spade show. And then I'll be doing the Grand Old Opry December 6th and then off to North Dakota on the 7th. So it's going to be some exciting stuff coming up. I'm uh, very pumped. And I look forward to seeing you guys. And uh, we're having a good time. Comment on some stuff. Communicate with me. Let's be friends on social media. Communicate with me on some things. I love to respond to it. Uh, We're having a good time. Okay, that's it. We are having a good time.